Show number 88 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> well, we have some, some Bill is Everywhere news, of course. <laughs> and this is really, really neat stuff. It this is. is. This is like one of our favorite things is to, as I said, much of import is discovered, is to discover more media Bill has conquered. Because he is conquering new media every day. Even when he doesn't know it, he's conquering I know, it. I know. So um, I have two and you have one, so okay. how about if I do one, then okay. me. Then me. Let's okay, let's do it. So Are you ready? Go ahead. This one you have not seen. This no. was on eBay. I did not bid on it because it was too damned expensive. But um, it is a portrait of Bill <gasps> on stretched canvas. Ooh, third season. That's nice, though. And here's what it says. It's a Gickly. What the hell is a Gickly? I will tell you. A Gickly is a high-resolution reproduction printed on an in- inkjet large-format printer. Okay. The ink is sprayed directly on the canvas, resulting in fantastic colors. After the Gickly is printed on canvas, the canvas is stretched around one and a quarter inch stretcher bars. The back is finished and your gickly comes ready to hang. It is 16 inches by 20 inches. And it is quite beautiful. It is. That's really nice. And yes. how much did it go for? Well, um, they were do nobody bid on it and they were doing a buy it now or they are now doing like a buy it now for $40. I went to their website and I think this is one somebody ordered and then didn't take oh. because, um, the other ones are more like $70, $80, and they will do these for the, for you. You can order them. But it's going to be like $70, $80. Wow. Well, you know what? For 70 bucks, I would get the um, black and white um, page down picture. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You had a mouthful of soda. <laughs> really? That was, oh, yeah. Because that's a pretty great picture. And it is. Chest. Chest. Chief chest. Yes. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool. That is cool. So he's now king of the Gickleys. King of the Gickleys. Bill has conquered Gickleys. Gickleys. Something we didn't even know. We didn't even know that word. And, but it is it exists, and now he's conquered it. Yes. Okay. What well, else has he conquered? Well, this was a story in uh, Wired in the blog network, and it's called Bead Me Up, Scotty, a crafty take on Star Trek. And it's illustrated by a picture of Kirk, of course. Of course. Standing as if he's being transported. So I'll just read some of this. Um... Devra Devra Sperber has spooled together an exhibit of artwork devoted to Star Trek. It's called Mirror Universe, and it consists of crafty Trek imagery pieced together out of beads and spools of threads. Where is this? Um, It's opening in... Hold on a second. Uh, It opens... Well, it opened March 20th at the Karen Golden Fine Art in New York. I would love to Um, go. It's, uh, it refers to the way viewers are supposed to look at the exhibit's art via reflective materials. Quote, The concept and title for this exhibition gelled when I realized every Star Trek series had at least one episode based on the concept of the parallel universe, which fit in with my ongoing interest in the link between art and science, human perception, and subjective reality, Sperber says. For some of the pieces, Sperber used spools of thread to create photo mosaics of Trek characters. She has made a 47 by 37 and a half by 60 inch portrait of Spock, which took um, 1,200 spools to make. Wow. Um, To to recreate the look of being beamed up, Sperber used semi-translucent beads to thread the standing characters into shape. The image of Captain Kirk uses 25,000 plastic beads strung onto monofilament, which is like fishing line. 
The beaded figures are the most time-consuming works I have done to date, Sperber reveals. In addition to laying out the beads in the correct order and stringing them onto monofilament, aligning the beads and attaching them to hanging apparatus took weeks and weeks for each figure. Sperber also recreated trek scenes using chenille stems, creating a needlepoint-like pixelated snapshot from the show. Um, although I am not a Trekkie, I have a vague recollection of watching reruns of the original Star Trek series in the late 70s with my father. I also watched Star Trek Next Generation for a while in the late 80s, but I was never a fanatic until 2002, when for a few months I began scheduling my days so I could watch reruns every afternoon on Spike TV. I remember wondering why I was so intrigued. Um, so it's running through April 26th, so if you live in, in New York, you haven't, you still have um, a, a, minute. a week, <laughs> no, a week to go and see it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this is very cool, and this picture of, of Kirk beaming up is pretty, pretty neat. I it, love it. It looks a lot better when you see it from far away. They've kind of got a close-up of it, so you can see the actual beads that are right, in it, and right. you kind of lose the effect, like any picture when you get too close. I would to love it. to see all those things, you know, that are described in the article, plus whatever yeah. else is there. I think that's wonderful. Uh, it's beautiful. I wonder, well, I'm going to click through, while you're doing the next item, I'm going to click through and see if they have more images from the gallery. Okay, okay. So the next item is, okay, we've seen um, that you can knit mm -hmm. things, and um, this is cross-stitch, and to make it even special, <laughs> cross-stitch K. Yes. Oh, get it? Okay, so wah, this... Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Sorry. This is um, Spock <laughs> looking over Kirk's shoulder. Um, sort of like he's going in to, to nibble his neck or something. And it is Kirk from the um, private... No, not private little war. Uh, what's the one with the Organians? Oh, Errand of Mercy. Errand of Mercy. And I don't know what it, Spock is. Because they, they put it together and they made a cross stitch. And you can make this into a pillow... And this person <laughs> is offering it um, <clears throat> for auction at KISSCON. Oh, which is happening. Which is the KS, um, yes. KS convention. So um, I'm just looking to see if there are any uh, interesting or fun comments. But it's mostly people saying how, how beautiful it is. And, and she is, is so uh, generous that if you really want one and you don't get that one, you can contact her and, and tell her you'll pay for her to make you another one. And the thing is, the expression on Kirk's face is kind of, he's looking over towards Spock, but his mouth and everything is kind of is saying to me, back off. Spock, you're too close. Move. Move away, you know. <laughs> is That's what it's kind of saying to me. That's so funny. That's what I want on a pillow. Can you get that for me for Christmas, please? You betcha. <laughs> Will you get me the, the, the Kirk bead the beads curtain thing? thing? Definitely, I'll make you that. I'm going to hang that in my shower door. Um, <laughs> wouldn't can you that imagine? be the best? Oh, my God. Oh. I've got Captain Kirk in my shower. I'd, I'd be the cleanest woman <laughs> ever. So further investigation has revealed that the artist here, uh, Deborah Sperber, uh -huh. actually has a whole, you can see the whole exhibition online. So I'll put up a link to it right oh, here. Oh, good. There's some cool things. So here's the Spock one, which is made of spools of thread. And um, I don't know why it's like this. So the picture it's itself down. is upside down. But then I guess maybe you view it with this ball. So oh. you see the reflection of it, which is right side up. Okay. But that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. It's really made of spools of thread. Wow. That's that's quite neat. I like that. So I've been paging through. The chenille stuff is kind of not so interesting. Here's the um, 
Spock transporter one, mm-hmm. which is much like the Kirk one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's Spock. See. But it's Spock. And here's a, a holodeck simulation. This is made out of spools of thread, uh-huh. which is kind of cool. Um, some of these are TNG images. This is the Kirk one. Mm-hmm. So I think I'll, I might use the image of Kirk on the blog as the image oh, for this yeah, he's beaming show. into us. Oh, what is this? Um, I'm not sure. It doesn't say what the uh, medium is for this. They might be more beads, I think. That's kind of cool. So it's Spock, Kirk, and McCoy beaming in. Uh-huh. Oh. oh, so that's what... Oh, so that's cool. That's what they look like on display. Yeah. That is very cool. So what she's done is... So they look transparent. They do. She's taken the beaded ones for Spock, Kirk, and McCoy, and they're... The, the monofilaments are hanging from a, a horizontal steel bar, like a trapeze bar. Mm-hmm. And she's hung them over something that looks like the transporter pad, and it's in a corner that's mirrored. So you can see it from all angles, but mm-hmm. you can see through them at the same time. That is very cool. Um, and just think how good it would look in my shower. It would. That would look totally cool. Um, here's some more spools of thread showing the bridge mm-hmm. from TNG. TNG. That's kind of cool. Some of these are just the images, and some of them are actually pictures at the exhibition. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's more Spock. So, yeah, see, you're supposed to look at it in these um, wow. stainless steel balls to give you the right perspective, which is also extremely cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, that is really neat. And I I, I got to give this Deborah Sperber a credit because that is, is something um, unique and creative yes. and done extremely well. Yep. Unlike a lot of fan stuff. No, this is this is really art, and it's got of a lot of attention to detail. Mm-hmm. So here's what a, chin, a chenille <gasps> one looks like. Oh wow! And it's the the uh, Spock McCoy mind meld from Mirror Mirror. Yeah, there's a lot of Mirror Mirror images in here from from that episode, <laughs> which is kind of. Is cool. there um Marlena? Uh no. Oh, this is non Star Trek. So let me oh. go back. I did not see Marlena. I saw this one. Oh, that's gorgeous. Is that one of the chenille ones? Yes. You can tell because it is sort of fuzzy looking. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was one with uh, Mirror, Kirk, and Spock walking down the hall. There it is. Wearing his vest. Looking very good. So I encourage everybody to go and click through and look at some of these images because they're really beautiful. And if you're in New York and you can go to this exhibit, we'd love to hear about it. That just sounds wonderful. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. So that's a really good thing. That is great. Now, um, let's do another bill thing that you had sent me. No, let's not do any more bill things. (laughs) Come on. You know you want to. Okay, you twisted my arm. So I'm going to read this uh, because you sent it to me. And the subject header was, in capital letters, I was right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that happens so infrequently that, you know, we must make note of it. Well, it it was really good. So here's what it says. Um, This was in the New York Post. It says, William... William Shatner. Oh, I thought you were going to say William fucking Shatner. Oh, my God. Would that be great or what? Former Star Trek star William Shatner is a hard worker. Boston legal star William Shatner says he'll host a talk show for A&E's bio. Oh, that's right. It's called bio now, not biography. Okay. Bio network. And that there's a good reason he likes to work. Quote, this is a joyful working place, he says of his Boston legal castmates in an AOL television interview posted today. And working is good. It means you're still there. You're still breathing. If I'm working, I can't die. Yep. Yep. Remember? That's what I said. I know. I know. Death shows up. He says, sorry, I'm shooting a Priceline commercial tomorrow. I'm I busy. just can't. 
Um, Shatner also confirms his upcoming talk show on bio, A&E's channel devoted to biographies. It'll be a weekly half-hour show, and I'll be talking to people. In the beginning, celebrities, so that people will tune in, he says. But eventually, it'll be somebody's raw nerve that I might be able to talk about. That's the title, Raw Nerve. <laughs> <laughs> on the A&E Biography channel, Tuesdays at 10. A&E Bio. Bio, sorry. Bio. Bill will get it right. Shill, shill. Come on, Bill, shill for it. <laughs> So I thought that was great, and yes. you are absolutely right that if he's working, he can't die. Mm-hmm. And he is. He's the and hardest. And he does believe that. He does, and he's the hardest working man in show business and right now. And in the world. Yeah. Now that James Brown is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Bill. Yep. Doing it. Chilling. Talk shows. Books. Recordings. Boston Legal. Everything. All Conquering media. Conquering media. Being, being beads. Riding a bicycle without any leathers or helmets <laughs> or... I mean, a, a motorcycle, bicycle, you don't really need lovers. Uh, Bill In fact, would. you'd look kind of weird. <laughs> Bill would. The way he rides. That's true. That's true. Okay. Uh, well, so anyway, so there's a whole bunch of stuff that Bill's doing. Yeah, always. 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 Okay. Are we going to do the lists? Oh, we could do the lists. Yeah, let's okay. do the list. Do you have any of them up there? Um, I have one. Okay, which one do you Bill have? Bill lately has been on a number of lists. This is Entertainment Weekly's list of best TV movie lawyers. Uh-huh. And, uh, of course... Of course. Bill was one of them, and uh, I'm trying to, to get it going here. It's so. on uh, Entertainment Weekly. Yes, yes, I know, but it's just taking... I'm saying that for okay, the benefit of our... Okay, here we go. Uh, picture of Bill as Denny Crane, mm-hmm. and he is... It says, Denny Crane, played by William Shatner. A founding partner of Crane, Poole, and Schmidt, Shatner's larger-than-life lawyer is a genius in the art of self-promotion. Mm-hmm. Despite his outlandish behavior, Denny claims never to have lost a case, though we sometimes wonder if he hasn't simply lost his mind. <laughs> so um, I don't remember if they were counting up or counting down, but this is number six. Oh. So um, that's pretty high on the list. Uh, well, he's great. Now, we also have him, uh, Bill is in another uh, list here which is from a site called theshiznit.co.uk. Oh, yeah. And it's called 20, t- Top 20 Most Over-the-Top Performances Ever. Hail to the ham. <laughs> what I find really interesting about this is that Bill, as Kirk in Wrath of Khan, is only number 15. I know. What out could... of 20. Yes. So let me tell you who's ahead of him. Well, I'll read what it says. Um, William Shatner, a man who doesn't adhere <laughs> to the rules of punctuation like the rest of us. Oh, okay, very funny. As Captain James Tiberius Kirk, Shatner adopts the worthiest hero poses this side of the galaxy, continually staring into space like he's searching for an intergalactic autocue. As most any nerd will tell you, his finest hour was opposite Ricardo Montalban's space bastard Khan in the second Trek pick with Fantasy Island's finest in the vicinity. Shat himself had to raise his game and raise it high. Unfortunately, he raised it too high. The anguished yell he releases in this clip is too goofy to take seriously, even for Trek fans. Um, so let me see. I don't even know who some of these are. Let's see. Yeah, I was looking at them going, what who the Who are these people? Fuck? Well, Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith in the Matrix movies. Uh, Alan Rickman as the Sheriff of Nottingham in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Gary Oldman as Stansfield in Leon. Like, I haven't even seen these movies, so I can't yeah. tell you what the ham rating is. Um, over Bill in Wrath of Khan. Let's see. De Niro as Max Cady in Cape Fear. Okay, I can see that. He was pretty hammy. In and that. Uh, that movie was incredibly hammy. It was. The that was the movie that where the first movie I remember seeing and commenting on that it had so many times when the villain should have gotten killed and wasn't that it was like a Daffy, Daffy 
duck cartoon. It was true. The original Cape Fear with Robert Mitchum is classic. Yes. I love that movie. Um, Peter Finch as Howard Beale in Network. I wouldn't call that over the top. I wouldn't either. I would call that a masterpiece of a performance. Yes. Oh, okay. I'll agree with this. Um, Al Pacino as John Milton in The Devil's Advocate. Yes, that was an incredible piece of hammy acting. <laughs> I kept waiting for that movie to be over and going, just finish. Finish already. Just finish. Just be done, as Brian says in Life of Brian. Can I go now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to see who's number one here. Come on. This yeah. Second. Dennis Hopper as Frank Booth in Blue Velvet. Okay. Jack Nicholson as Jack Torrance in The Shining. I don't know. Uh, Ian McDormand as Dar- Darth Sidious in Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, I guess. Harvey Keitel as the lieutenant in Bad Lieutenant is number one. I've never even seen it. I've never seen it either. So there you go. I think Bill should have rated far, far more highly. Yeah. Than that, so. Well, okay, but here's the thing. Imagine the script, and uh, Khan says, "I will leave you here to die on a abandoned rock as mm-hmm. you left me," and mm-hmm. he's gone. And then it says Kirk, and it probably says in capital letters K H A N apostrophe exclamation point. Yeah. Probably in parens it says. Angry and frustrated. <laughs> this is the button to their confrontation scene. Uh-huh. So what are you going to do? You know, go, gone. <laughs> you know, kind of like Jerry Seinfeld with <laughs> Newman. <laughs> What's the line reading you're going to give? Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I agree. Yeah. I don't see how he could have played it that much differently. Mm-hmm. So, so, anyway, hmm. just to guys to let you guys know, because we're on top of this, when Bill's on a list, we have to talk about it. That's right. And, and here's the thing, is on that list, we were saying there were a lot of things we haven't seen the movie, or we, yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, you know, and everything. But people who haven't seen Wrath of Khan know that clip. It's Everybody so classic. Knows it. it is. Everybody yes. knows it. Okay, here's another list, and I'm having a little trouble finding the... Uh, the, the actual thing, but this was posted on a group I was on. It says, just got through watching TV Guide's Sexiest Men on TV, and Bill Shatner, from his days in Star Trek, made number eight. So I went to the TV Guide website and, and looked, and I can find stuff about when they did Sexiest Men uh, like a year ago and mm-hmm. two years ago and stuff, and so I can't I haven't been able to locate hmm. the current list to find out who are these seven people who they think are sexier than Shatner as Kirk. Um, as Bill himself would say, impossible. Impossible. <laughs> impossible. <laughs> Unless it's like Shatner as Mirror Kirk. Shatner oh. as Kirok Kirk. You know. Impossible. Impossible. <laughs> Yeah, because they do this this every year mm-hmm. apparently. Yeah. So I couldn't I couldn't find it. I don't know. Let me let me see. I'll try punching in two thousand eight and yeah. see what comes up. Two thousand ninety eight. Well, he'd still be the second. <laughs> Just always. Oh, is it on YouTube? Oh, look, there it is. Okay. Oh well, we might have to watch it and then come back and talk it's about it. It's only a minute long. Oh, oh but you see the. Oh, it's just a preview for it, probably. No, it's probably just like the clip of the one guy they liked. Yeah, see, that's like William Peterson. Who I've never cares? heard of. Chris Maloney, I haven't heard of. Uh, There's only one person who really counts. 
Yeah. Well, we know the truth, so. We know the truth. Whatever. Anyway, so that was another another list. Of course. Bill was on. Bill has to be on those lists. Mm-hmm. All right. That sounds good. Well, now let's take our break. Okay. We're going to watch some stuff. Yeah. And then we're going to come back and talk about it. Very good. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. People, pay attention and write it down this time. Comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This entire podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the sci-fi podcast network. you found the best podcasts in the universe. And now, it's one of those rare Boston Legal updates. Yes. <laughs> um, How did you find out that this was a good episode? I watched it. <laughs> I told you I still watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's right. I forgot. Okay. So this was um, number episode number 16. Of season four. Season four. <clears throat> and uh, the parts we watched which probably took 10 minutes, mm-hmm. was that um, Shirley Schmidt's father, mm-hmm. whom we've seen before, has Alzheimer's. And he fell and broke some ribs, so now he's in the hospital. And his Alzheimer's is so advanced, he doesn't recognize anyone, and he can't stand to be touched. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason this is, is notable, I think, is, um, first of all, the writing was very sensitive, and the performances were outstanding, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Shirley... Um, is going back to the hospital, and Denny says he wants to go with her, and not in this pushy, I'm going to be phony sincere so I can, you know, get back in your pants, Shirley, but in the the genuine concern Mm -hmm. of a a friend for another. And the the way Bill underplays it steps out of the scene when she's with her father and he's over at the window without no longer being involved Mm -hmm. and being present in the scene is really wonderful. And she tells the doctor she wants a morphine drip. And the doctor says, I know what you're asking. We cannot do it. So Denny steps in and uh, wants to speak to the chief of staff. And the chief of staff explains, you know, even though this goes on all the time, we can't do it unless you get a court order. So they're going to go to court. And Denny says, I'll argue it myself. And Shirley tells him, under the circumstances, she would rather have Alan. And in Denny's response, you can see that he's hurt and and sad that he's no longer the top dog, Mm -hmm. but he also sees the need and just kind of brushes it off with, okay, let's go get Alan. So Alan takes the case, tells Denny he doesn't want Denny to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And um, in his closing, Alan becomes so impassioned, um, genuinely impassioned, while arguing, not, you know, what he normally does, I mean, well beyond what he normally does, that he just has to stop, and there's a long and very uncomfortable pause, which is wonderful, and um, his, he starts talking about how his best friend has Alzheimer's, not advanced at all yet, but that eventually the day will come when he will be the one to make the decision, and he will do it, because his friend trusts him mm-hmm. to know when the time is right, when he is no longer able to do so. It's very, very moving. And Shirley's reactions all the way through this, she does not have a line, are just beautiful. Mm-hmm. You can see everything going on. 
and the scene when I first saw it was so involving and I was just you know so so with it that when it ended and Alan sat down and then the camera moved I was totally unprepared to see Denny at the back of the courtroom although dramatically that's the valid thing I wasn't seeing this as drama mm -hmm, anymore mm -hmm. and um, it, it, it was just so wonderful so of course the, the judge decides they can do this and um, so Shirley's father you know is put to sleep and then uh, then there's the balcony scene where Denny tells Alan that he was there in the courtroom and he kind of wants to talk about it and Alan said well you could see how hard it was for me to think about you dying so I don't want to do that tonight and that was that was pretty much it mm -hmm. so comments well I thought as you did that it was just great it was really well done and Bill showing again what a great range he has that he was able to still be Denny Crane and bring his performance way 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 down to a human level. A human <laughs> level. I mean, really, really take it down to still Denny Crane, but at, at a very soft volume, mm -hmm. which was, it's so great to see him do that. But mm -hmm. still, as you were saying, he's still present in the scene. It's not like he stopped acting. He's mm -hmm. just there. And as you say, also, you can really see him when he first offers to go to the hospital with Shirley. She doesn't want him to. And he keeps offering, but again, not in that really pushy way. I mean, he's genuinely saying, hey, I really liked your dad. We used to go fishing together. He liked me, and I liked him. And she kind of goes, yeah, he, he really did like you. Maybe it is a good idea. And so he talks her into it, but in the way that just a good friend would kind of do right. it because he wants to be there and be her moral support. Um, one thing that I really picked up on, which you hadn't mentioned when you were telling me about this before, but which seemed very clear to me, in the courtroom, Alan is going on, and then he stops himself, and he starts talking about how my best friend has Alzheimer's. And in Shirley's reaction, I saw not only her terrible grief over her father, but suddenly she realizes that she's going to see Denny do that, too. Mm -hmm. And maybe she really hadn't thought about it until that moment that she's going to lose Denny just as she's now losing her dad. Yeah. And she might actually have to witness the same awful decline that mm -hmm. she's seen her father go through with a man who used to be her lover and who's still her good friend and how awful that is I mean you know it's one thing with a parent where you've been expecting it but to suddenly realize one of your peers mm -hmm. is yes. going to go through yes. the same thing and, and I just she kind of you can kind of see the thought forming in her head even though she's not saying anything and I just thought that was great yes and you can also see I think her shock mm -hmm. that Alan has said this in open court yeah. because First of all, it's the first time on the show I remember anyone saying Denny has Alzheimer's. Yeah. Alzheimer's. Yeah. And it also shows how well those three people, Denny, Allen, and Shirley, know each other, that Shirley is shocked that he would say this in open court. But it's also a sign of how much Allen cares for her, mm -hmm. to do this for her, mm -hmm. and also how Allen knows how much Denny genuinely cares that he would not object to it becoming public mm -hmm. under these circumstances. Mm -hmm. it, it's amazingly well layered. Yeah, yeah. It was it was great. It was really great. And uh, you were right. I thought the balcony scene was a little light mm -hmm. in that they don't really, really talk about it. Um, but it, it was also interesting that I think for one of the first times, Denny's the one who suggests that they have a sleepover because right. it's usually Alan who yes. wants to do that. So that, that was a nice touch as yes. well. And it was also good that 
he says, I've, I've seen my future, and Alan immediately comes back and says, Denny, you smoke, you drink, and you play with loaded firearms. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be dead long before the mad cow gets you. Yes. Which was, was also very good. One of the other things I noticed the second time through is the scene where Shirley's talking to the chief of staff. Mm -hmm. And uh, Denny's just kind of off to the side again listening. But here's the thing. He is standing there, and he kind of had his head down while he's listening. And I can't even describe. Maybe I'm just, you know, reading into it. But many times when we see him in the courtroom listening, he's got his head down. You know he's asleep mm -hmm. or half asleep. This was the exact same posture, but you knew he was totally with that conversation and totally thinking and thinking ahead. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do? Really, I mean, a, a well-staged, a well-filmed mm -hmm. piece. I, I thought it was it was really great. I I always like it when the directors let the actors underplay when it's mm -hmm. when it's necessary. Because it really, there's a whole different range in that underplaying that you don't, I don't often see actors get to do, mm -hmm. where they're just acting more like normal people rather than acting yes. like, like you have to see them. And I know we've talked about this before, but I, I always bring it up because one of my favorite Star Trek Next Generation episodes is the one where they pick up uh, the Borg guy that they name Hugh. Yes. And one of the reasons I love it is because it's an episode where um, LeVar Burton as Geordi totally underplays his character and he's a big part of that episode mm -hmm. and it's so good it's like why couldn't they have had him act like that the rest of the time he's just so calm and normal mm -hmm. and it's just an amazing performance i thought he gave yeah and i wish that they had let him do that more often but it's it's such a quiet performance but it's so real it's so amazing like for the one time i really believe that he is who he is portraying it doesn't seem like he's acting he's just being that guy mm -hmm. he's so quiet and competent at his work and you're just like wow this guy really is mm -hmm. the engineer yeah. on the, the ship this is yeah so I love that. I love that yeah. whenever I can see that. You just don't see it often enough. The other kind of uh, notable thing I think about this episode is, first of all, um, in Alan's speech, he was not bludgeoning us with statistics. That's true. Which That's is very true. nice. Um, also, I just found this to be such a, 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 a clear uh, depiction not only of the Alzheimer's issue, which is, is tragic, but also the whole idea of um, assisted suicide. Mm -hmm. So much better than any two-hour Hallmark Hall of Fame <laughs> or anything, you know, uh -huh. even, I, I mean, even at a higher quality than those sort of things. This, this really was like these characters in a crucible mm -hmm. and caught in these horrible circumstances, and there is not going to be... A happy ending. The happy ending is for this man's life to end, mm -hmm. but of course, you know, that's a horrible moment for Shirley. It opens up the vision of a horrible future for them, for ev for all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, whether whether we feel we are personally being affected by Alzheimer's in our family or ourselves, or or just knowing, you know, that there may may come mm -hmm. a time where those decisions need to be made. Yeah. I thought it was just a really sensitive portrayal of that without going for the histrionics. Mm -hmm. I agree. I really liked um, Alan's closing line where he says, whatever we think about playing God, we can all admit that some lives are cut short far too early and some go on far too long. Yes, yes. And that was a, a, just a great summing mm -hmm. up. Yes, and um, yeah, and I really liked the judge in this, not because I felt she came to the right decision mm -hmm. or not just because, but um, she's been on there before as a judge mm -hmm. and I do, do like her. And she, for all that she is a judge 
and you know has the whole presence there's also a a underlying warmth and intelligence and understanding mm-hmm. to her and most of the judges on the show are, are generally played for laughs so mm-hmm. this very very well done it was good we didn't watch the rest of it. No. So it might have been crap, but I, I, whatever. No, it wasn't crap, but it just you know <laughs> wasn't up to this. And, and we watch it for Bill and yep. uh, his stories, and this yep. one was exceptional. It was great. Um, he was limping a little bit. Yes, yes. Yeah. He wasn't using a cane, but you could see that he was definitely limping. Mm-hmm. But they didn't say anything about no. it. No. I guess you were just supposed to figure that, uh, you know, he injured his hip in a all-night orgy with a bunch of... <laughs> you know, whatever. And uh, I'm sure that is what Bill would want yeah, us to think. Yeah, yeah, just something. And Denny, and Denny, absolutely. Yes. yes, yes. He would want you to be wondering about that. Yeah. So uh, so that was great. Well, so thanks for calling our attention to that. It was good that we mm-hmm. watched that. And I guess uh, I would encourage other people to, to do the same, to see some great Bill acting. Mm-hmm. He's really good. Everybody yeah. was good. Everybody in this was week. good in that segment. Yeah, yep. definitely. Okay. So let's take a, a, another little break. Yeah. And we're going to come back with something really fun and oh, special. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cue the music. section is fake vomit (laughs) okay have you all guessed what we just watched (laughs) we watched operation annihilate Annihilate. exclamation point right i think that's one of the few there's a couple others that have question marks in them i think this is the only one with an exclamation point yeah i think you're probably right and it has two dashes operation dash dash annihilate i know and i want to look at something (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, go ahead. I lost oh, my okay. page. All right. Because I think every place else I've ever seen it, it was um, a colon. Yeah, me too. I thought it was too. But, um, well, let me look it up. I actually, while we were watching the last couple of bits of it, I went to the Memory Alpha site. Uh-huh. No, see, they have it punctuated the way it is in the episode. Dash, dash, and then with an exclamation point after it. But it could be. A, it's an easy mistake to make. Okay. That's the way I would have done it, for sure. Well, at least it's got some punctuation. It's true. Well, I have a full page. But of it's the, first season. They could still afford punctuation. I have many notes on this episode. <laughs> so in case you don't remember the plot, they go to a planet, and the planet's been infested with fake vomit. <laughs> and the vomit flies around through no means of support whatsoever. I guess it has little anti-grav things in it or something. And it, it attaches itself to people's backs, and it takes over their nervous system and forces them to what? It's projectile vomit. <laughs> That's how it flies. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's true. So it projectile vomits itself, and it forces its people that it takes over to build its ships because it wants to take over the galaxy. No, it, it basically just wants to go around killing people, I think. And go from planet to planet. Yeah. And just yeah. be in charge of everything. And, of course, the personal aspect was brought in is that Kirk's brother is there with his wife and, and uh, their kid, and uh, they get affected by this. Mm-hmm. And then the Enterprise fixes it. And yeah. Everything's good. Well, of yeah. course they did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this was end of first season. Last episode. Last episode of the first season. 
And we both, after we watched it, both agreed this was a good episode. Mm-hmm. You know, it had mm-hmm. all the good ingredients, had a little action, had some personal angst in it, um, it had some sciencey stuff, you know. Had some pretty good characterizations. It had chapel in it, but what are you going to do? Yeah, it didn't have any rip shirt or or love stuff. Or That's true. Um, it had blood. a bad toupee on Kirk, unfortunately. Yeah, it got better though as the episode went on. It did. It was quite Elvis like at the beginning, which was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it looked better. But it was um, just a little too high and a little too much space between the hairs. At the mm-hmm. front. But. Bill was looking particularly beautiful. And we both agreed that he had a bit of a sunburn, which was very mm-hmm. becoming. He that had little, little rosy cheeks. There was an awful lot of Kirk light in this And episode. other people in it, which yes. was not good. But especially towards the end, oh, my God, he was in such gorgeous Kirk light oh, all the time. He looked great. He was wearing a lot of mascara. Yeah. He looked good. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to go through it from the beginning, or do you have some other things you want to say right up front? Um, well, you're the one who took notes. Okay. Well, the funny thing was, so we watched this on the DVD of... The remastered The, the remastered ones, and it looked great. I oh, mean, the, yeah. The picture was just crisp and clear. It was just beautiful. Uh, the, the ship shots around the planet were really, really nice, so that was all very good. And then, oh, the really cool part was at the end when they showed the Enterprise dropping the satellites that went around the planet mm-hmm. when they showed them deploying, and that was very, very it cool. It was. That was nifty. Good, good use of that. So when you're watching this DVD, there, there's several menu screens you have to get through before you get to the the actual episode but when you select this one there's a picture of kirk and spock are, are they like in the transporter and room? mccoy and mccoy yep and floating in front of them are a couple of the fake vomit creatures yep it was very funny so um one thing that i wrote down which we neither of us understood is uhura's in this episode and she's wearing a belt mm-hmm. which is very strange looking yeah and so is the yeoman who's yeah. in this too so no explanation for that now when they beam, when Kirk beams down to the planet for the second time, so he beams down to the planet with the landing party and all the bad stuff happens. He goes back up to the ship with his sister-in-law and his nephew, and the sister-in-law dies. And he comes back down. He beams down on the stairs. <sighs> and he's walking down the stairs, and it is one of the clearest EVEs oh, ever. Oh, my God. He, no underwear. Clearly no underwear. And you could just see everything. How could they let this be on TV? I know. I know. You could clearly see, like, there's his balls, there's his dick, there's the head of his dick. Yes! Right there. And he's coming down the stairs, he comes down like 12 stairs, <sighs> and as he's moving, you could, ah. Oh. Unbelievable. And it wasn't just basket, it was definitely Oh, hard. it was the whole thing. <sighs> it was the whole thing. <laughs> Unbelievable. So we slow-moed through that several times, <laughs> because that was great. Because that's our job. And and there was a lot of butt in this, too. Some oh, yeah. really good butt cleavage. Yeah. And the thing is, in the remastered, they did like a, a close-up of him from the back or, or something. Mm-hmm. And if you guys remember that time we visited the people who had mm-hmm. a pair of Kirk's pants and everything, we noticed that it was a shiny material, Very shiny. had sparklies in it. You could see yeah, that. It looked really good. That, so that was fun. That was really good. Um, so that was all just wonderful to look at. There were a couple other shots where you could see some basket too, but that was just that amazing. That was amazing. It was great. And it was right at the beginning. Yeah, which was pretty nice. close to the it beginning. Was, it was a treat. Now, here was a funny thing, and I always remember this, too. When they're there, there's a guy from the planet, uh, Denovan, who's in a little ship, and he's flying towards the sun, and they're following him because they want to try and rescue him. They're getting closer to the sun, and Spock keeps talking about how hot the ship is getting. And Kirk is sweating on the bridge. Mm-hmm. Now, what, the air conditioning wasn't working? <laughs> but then when they show Scotty, he's really sweating. Why are they sweating? I don't know. Don't they have climate control in the ship? Why is it getting hot? That's stupid. Because... <laughs> For the same reason we hear kabooms <laughs> in space. For the same reason they whisper. They whisper. Romulans won't hear 
Here's the other thing. Yeah. When he says to to um to Scotty, can we get him in a tractor beam? Mm-hmm. And Scotty says, no, he's too far off. Mm-hmm. Okay, Scotty judged that distance <laughs> by looking at the view screen, not by checking some monitor or anything. And it could be that they just had on the wrong magnification and it was six feet from them. He was just making shit up. Oh, okay. He didn't want to do it. Yeah, he no, didn't want he to. too far away. You know why? Why? He'd taken that piece apart and hadn't put it back together <laughs> yet. And he doesn't want to say, oh, Captain, I, I took the tractor beam yeah, apart. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, here's the thing that we were talking about. I thought your nephew might want to play with it. No. (laughs) There's a yeoman in this. And we thought that it was the same woman who was the yeoman in Court Martial. It's not. No. I looked it up. Oh, she's in something else. Okay, so here's some interesting stuff. Her name in this episode is Yeoman Zara, which is spelled Z-A-H-R-A. She has a couple of lines, so they had to give her on-screen credit for okay. this. She has one name. The actress who played this part has one name, and it's Marishka. <laughs> I looked her up in IMDb. She was in a couple of movies, but that was it. Only one Trek episode, so oh. this was it. Marishka. Who played the Yeoman who goes, I'm sorry? Well, her name, um, the actress's name is Nancy Wong, and... Her her character doesn't have a name. She's called the personnel officer, but I have invented a name for her. Oh, okay. And so I'm going to call her Yeoman Mia. <laughs> Mia is her first name. Her last name is Culpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. I so, like it. So forevermore, she's going to be Yeoman Mia Culpa. Okay. But she's not the same as Yeoman Zara. Oh, darn. Marishka. What kind of a name is that? So she must have been a model or something that they had in for whatever someone was sleeping with her. Yeah. Whatever. She's been in it. They say only one episode. Only one episode. God, okay. So, and I have to say, as beautiful as her face was, that uniform she had on was so ill-fitting. It was terrible. Oh, it made her ass look huge. And she had a belt on, too. Yeah. And it just looked very bad on her. So anyway. um, Oh, we got to see both uh, Kirk and... uh, Spock stand-ins in scenes. <laughs> That's true. And Billy Blackburn mm-hmm. was in there also. I really like the scene <clears throat> when they're up on the bridge and they're getting a message from Kirk's sister-in-law and it it gets cut off and, and uh, Kirk snaps at her horror and yeah. says, get that back. She says, I can't. And he says, I don't want to hear any of your excuses. Get that signal back. And she gets very cold and official with him and says... It's not possible at this time, sir. The signal was cut off at their end. And mm-hmm. I just thought that was so great that she kind of slapped him down. But uh, yep. it's very, like, this is my job. Listen to me because I'm doing my job. Mm-hmm. That was good. And not in a way that you could say was insubordinate. Not at all. But letting him know, Captain, I don't appreciate mm-hmm. being bitched at like that when I'm so damn good at this. Yep. So that was great. That was really good. That was really, really good. So a couple things I want to come back to, but let's just go through the rest of this. Um, we both noticed that in the scene in Sick Bay when Kirk's talking to um, Arlon and um, Peter is sleeping in the background, the lighting was beautiful. Oh, oh, yeah. They put this just really nice green wash over everything, and I think it really it felt like Sick Bay for one thing because it was mm-hmm. a greeny color, but it really heightened the drama that was going on because it was so cool and subdued in the mm-hmm. background. So that was just gorgeous. Love it when you notice how good the lighting is. You know, something else we both noticed that is worth mentioning is everybody in fandom always refers to it as um, Kirk's nephew Peter, and he was never called by name in the episode. No, I, I don't think. And in the um, other episode, um, "What Are Little Girls Made Of," where Kirk says that Sam has three sons, mm-hmm. they never named them either. Mm-hmm. Well, um, let's see. 
So I still want to know, okay, so you explained that, the projectile vomiting, okay. Okay. Uh, it was also notable in this episode that both McCoy and Chapel were wearing little medical jumpsuits, which were kind of neat. And so was Spock when he was a patient. Oh, that's, that's true, when he was a patient. So it was kind of cool just mm-hmm. to see something different for a change. Um, we talked about Bill looking sunburned. Excuse me, there's a scene where they have a little conference with uh, Spock because he wants to beam down to the planet and he ends up going down to get a sample. And Kirk and McCoy walk into the corridor, and God knows whatever reason, but you could really hear their feet on the set. Yes. <laughs> it's like they just never bothered to dub that out. And I'm very surprised that they didn't try to do something about it in the remastering. Well, but it totally undercuts that. It's like clump, clump, clump. clump. I know. It's not, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like thunder. But we noticed um, in one of the other remastered that we watched, you could hear the transporter doors, yes, the fact that, that they were right. wood, and they didn't clean that up yep, either. It was so weird. So that was just, it made me laugh. Because oh, well, yeah. Hear, clump, 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 clump. Okay. There's a scene in Kirk's quarters when they're arguing about what to do next. And Kirk's quarters look like Kirk's quarters, and he's got a spanking list on his desk. But there's something. No, not a spanking list. Well, the spanking list is there, though. Oh, is it? The okay, list okay. Is there. But next to the spanking list is. A spanking implement. And it was hard to tell exactly what it was. It looked a little bit like um, a variation on a riding crop. It did. And I'm sure that's what it was for. Why else would it have been there? Why? <laughs> I mean, do you want to win or not? <laughs> uh, also in Kirk's quarters, though, when he is listening to them, he goes over and he starts playing what? with some little really, machine. Really? I'm sure like it's the, I don't know, the 23rd century cappuccino machine or something. And I'm sure he's flipping the switch on and off and the light's going on. There's somebody down in engineering going, what the fuck is he doing up there? And they're going to end it. He does it one more time. I'm going to call up there. Stop playing with that button. Listen, this is what it reminded me of. When I had one of my first jobs in an office, um, you know, it was the old-fashioned phones with actual buttons. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that you did to intercom people uh-huh. and stuff. And there was this one button... And I don't know why I was bored one day. I'm sitting there pushing it, and then pushing it, and then pushing it. And I think it was the red button, too, and it wasn't doing anything as far as I could see. And finally, the big boss, like the head of the department, comes in and goes, Who keeps buzzing me? Whoops. Well, I just sit there. <laughs> I like that. That's like, there's a, some commercial on TV where the guy's in the garage and he's flipping the switch. Yes. Honey, do you know what this button does? And she's like, no. And and then it cuts to the neighbor next door and the yes. garage door's going up and down. Yeah. So that was it. That's what Kirk was that doing. That's what he was doing. He was flipping the... Um, the garage door. The, the, the bay doors open and close. The shuttle bay doors were opening and closing. That's what that was. Actually, no. Well, he's, he's turning Uhura's hair dryer on and off. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So that, that's some, if you have an idea for what that person is doing, let us know. Because we'd like to know. Okay, a couple more things, and then I want to get to the main point. We were wrong, oh, there's though. the main point? Okay. No, there's a couple of main points there. Okay. So we were wrong. They didn't film this at UCLA. They filmed it at the headquarters of TRW in Redondo Beach. Currently, the Northrop um, Grumman Space Technology Headquarters. Oh, okay. I always thought it was at UCLA, but it wasn't. So it was at this futuristic, spacey-looking headquarters mm-hmm. of TRW in Redondo Beach, California. So there you go. Okay. Um, 
And then there's a couple other things that they say. Uh, the star map showing the progression of the space madness also shows up on station view screens in future episodes. So they reuse that little graphic, mm. which is very pretty. Okay, now, thing number one is this whole thing with Spock being blind has been the genesis of so many fucking fanfics. I can't even tell you how mm-hmm. many of them I've read. Oh, my God. Talk about angst fests. Yes, yes. So let me just say, if you do a quick search for fanfic with Spock and Blindless, you will find hundreds and hundreds of them. And some of them are ones where he gets his vision back, and some of them are ones where they take this and they give it a different ending where he never gets his vision back. He's always blind. Boo-hoo. And some of them are, the blindness is the booster plot for sex. <laughs> oh, most of them I've read, yes. the blindness yes. is the booster plot. Now, I want to talk about the blindness, too. Okay. First of all, he doesn't know he's blind until he walks into a chair <laughs> or knocks over the desk. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing is, okay, he's, I hope I'm not giving anything away here. <laughs> he's got this this extra eyelid that goes boop boop when uh-huh. it needs to and so he's not he was only temporarily blind and I go but a couple of minutes later they said the light is so intense it would affect someone who's like in a cave yeah so th- wow this is some amazing eyelid it must be made of lead oh I don't know you know this was the, one of the first times where they used that excuse as the reset button Mm-hmm. So it was done most famously in a TNG episode where Worf had something fall on him and it broke his back. Oh, yeah. And then they've suddenly discovered, like no one had ever known this before, that Klingons have an entirely separate nervous system. You know, like they have duplicates of all their organs and all the rest of it. So How handy to have a spear. Oh, come on. That, that's so <laughs> cheating. That is so <laughs> cheating. What? what a, At a, least Spock had the... the the decency to say, well, it's completely instinctive, and we aren't even yeah. aware of it. Kind of like you regard your own appendix. Yeah. So the Vulcans knew about it. But it was like nobody, you know, Worf was in Starfleet. They never ran a medical test, and I'm go, wow, he's got two of everything. That's handy. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, oh, that. I remember that, that episode in particular. Everybody hated it because it was such mm. a cop-out, so lame. Yep. I think this was one of the first instances of them pulling that, but in a... A slightly different way. Yeah. Yeah. And and it it really undercuts all of the um, the actual angst that happens in this episode where McCoy is pissed off because he did it wrong, like he should have waited five mm-hmm. more minutes and stuff like that. And Kirk is really mad because he's just lost the best first officer in the fleet and also his his friend and everything. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, all better at the end. Mm-hmm. So there really wasn't any drama at all. Yeah. Annoying. Oh, we should talk about Bill's dual role in this. Oh, that's true. We should mention that. When uh, they get down to the planet and he finds, you know, his, his sister-in-law there screaming mm. and the kid unconscious and there's a guy laying on the floor. It turns out to be his brother, Sam, and they uh, they show a close-up of the guy laying and you have to really tilt your head to see this. <laughs> so we you're at the angle he was. <laughs> you're looking at, like, dogs going, yeah. huh? <laughs> <laughs> Both ears up. Um, it's, it's Shatner. Yeah. In, like, an orange jumpsuit and with the, the hair done a little differently and a mustache. Yep. He looks like Richard Dreyfus. He does. He looks exactly like Richard But, Dreyfuss. you know, that's really nice. That, well, okay, first of all, they didn't have to pay another actor to lay on the floor. <laughs> but, you know, to make sure there's some sort of resemblance. Yeah. And they put a little gray at the temples, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. th- that, was, that was cool. Yeah. So let's talk about Kirk's nephew. 
Must we? We, we must. Because okay. there's a couple things we need to say here. First of all, um, as we probably mentioned on the, the show before, there's a sort of famous now deleted scene that they mm -hmm. had filmed of Kirk talking to his nephew, who was sitting in the captain's chair wearing a tiny little suit. Space suit. Space suit, Starfleet outfit. And boy, are we glad that they took that out, because I'm sure it's a. Oh, it's just looking awful. I mean, we've read that that little bit of script, and it's horrible. It's really bad. Now, the other thing is that I need you to explain to our listening audience, because I don't think we've really talked about this much before, um, about the transporter accident. <laughs> okay. All right. This is one of the great conundrums of fandom. Um, in What Are Little Girls Made Of? Kirk says... His brother, Sam, has three sons, mm -hmm. um, Chip, Robbie, and <laughs> Ernie. And I thought it was Snap, Crackle, and Pop. <laughs> <laughs> or Alvin Theodore's son. <laughs> I don't think so. In this episode, he's got one nephew. So there's been many arguments in fandom about, well, does he have three? Does he have one? Where are the other two? Did they already get killed uh -huh. by the beast? Were they off at summer camp on another planet? What happened? Um, it's generally accepted that Peter's the youngest, mm -hmm. and we don't even know why his name's Peter, mm -hmm. because they never say so. Um, Wildcat is the one who came up with my preferred solution, mm -hmm. which is there was a horrible <laughs> transporter accident where either there was one nephew split into three or three nephews merged into one <laughs> and i just really love that explanation because the transporter seems to be one of the chief devices in star trek for fucking things up uh -huh. and then making it unfucking them up yeah yeah i agree I and i I, I made use of that device the tragic transporter accident in one of the stories i actually think is really pretty funny dear miss lovelorn <laughs> yes so I love that explanation. I think it's just a brilliant, brilliant explanation. And we personally remember we saw a dog turned into a different type of dog right. in an elevator. That's right. So we know these things are possible. It happens. It happens all the time. <laughs> so that was that was great. Good. Well, thank That's you. That's the best. Speckle. People need to know about that. Um, now and if you could top that, I, will, <laughs> I will, you know, you will get a plus 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 plus. The other thing we need to talk about is, you asked me this as we were watching this episode, how old do you think that kid is? Mm -hmm. And I said, he looks about 10. That's what I've always thought. Now, in the new voyages, they're filming the gay episode, which should be called gay, the gay episode, because <laughs> that seems to be the point of the episode. Let's just lay it on with a trowel. And how old is he supposed to be in that episode? Well, he's at the academy, and or, or just about to graduate from the academy, or right around yeah. that age, so he's supposed to be like 21, 22. And they say they're filming the rest of the five-year mission. So how does that work? Transporter accident. Uh, oh. So it not only either split him into three or made the three into one, but it made him older. He got deadly years disease, oh. and he didn't regress all the way back. When, okay. they, when they cured him. He just him. kind of got at that age of consent. Yeah. That they could film this and not get in trouble for it. Yeah. <laughs> How convenient. Or he could be one of the older nephews. Mm. Since we don't know for sure this one's name is Peter. That's true. You're right about that. Except, well, he does have red hair, but maybe they all have red or hair. Or it could be one of those, um, this my brother Daryl and this my other brother Daryl. <laughs> there could be two of them named Peter. Could be. Right. I can accept any of those explanations okay. better than the real explanation, which is 
we don't care about Canada, so <laughs> we're just going to make it up as we go along. You know, think how, how, how much joy would have gone out of fandom if there were no inconsistencies. Oh, I know, I know. That's, that's yeah. half the fun is spackling. Yeah. Do you know, I had to explain spackle to someone recently, uh-huh. someone from a different country who doesn't know that word. Oh. And then I got to explain the real meaning, which is like, here, here's a jar of it, and that's what you use yes. to patch up holes. And then I said, and when we're talking about fanfic, see what we mean when you spackle? And he went, oh, I get it. And that was good. So mm-hmm. it was it was a really good thing. Yes. Yeah. Instead of saying interstitial. Yeah. Which is a big word. Spackle is much better. And it's friendlier. And it is. And it is literally what you're doing. Yeah, filling in the cracks. A little hole here. I'll just fill that in with my own words. Okay. (laughs) We have a quiz. We have a quiz. And I want to tell you a little bit about this. Um, Oh, I don't know. A week, two weeks ago, I get a phone call. And it's my husband. Mm -hmm. And he's in an antique store. (laughs) And he tells me, I found a Star Trek book I don't think you have. Was this in Niles? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It was. (laughs) Where we know they aren't really antique stores. Uh-huh. They're junk stores, but they call themselves antique stores. And I said, how much is it? He said, $4.50. I said, buy it. Well, you know, he gets it home. And, of course, it is one I've had, uh-huh. I have because we've played with it before. But now we have two, and I know exactly what we're going to do with this, this one, too. But um, we're going to, now that we've just watched the episode, we're going to take the quiz. Oh. Because every time I've looked at this quiz book before, I am just... Um, I'm going, yeah, I know a lot about Star Trek. And then, uh, oh, shit, it doesn't tell you in the TLC exactly where it is. Okay, I'm going to have to find it. And then you get into this, and it's like, it's such picky, picky, picky stuff that, like, even people like us who know a lot about it. Is it less of a quiz and more is what is the author thinking? (laughs) No, no, there aren't essay questions. But um, I remember one of the questions the last time we played with this was, um, in what episode does Kirk get the star date wrong? <laughs> and you said all of them. <laughs> Which I thought was right because there's no such thing as a star date, really. So, uh, Well, you look for a second. I'll read some other fun facts about this episode. Fun facts, from okay. Alpha. It says, it say, Here's the Vulcan inner index. eyelid is mentioned again in Enterprise The Forge. In the Star Trek novel, Spock's world, the inner eyelid was developed in one tribe of Vulcans who eventually took control over most of the planet. Mm. So, it's just um, related to a particular group of Vulcans. God, these are not in any order. What, you just have to, like, manually look through it? That's yeah, there's a TOC that says episodes, but then it never gives you the episode. Yeah. Oh, oh, here, I found it. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, well, fine. No, because then I want to also get open to the, uh, the answers. Okay. Well... Uh, we had seen this. There's a blooper from this episode in the first season blooper reel. The parasite creature that was supposed to hit Leonard Nimoy's back is seen hitting his backside instead, making him break up with laughter. I've seen that. We've seen that, definitely. Okay. Oh, and we have to mention, of course, that when we were at the house of our friends who have all that Star Trek stuff, that we got to play with one of the Yes, creatures, we got to have and we vomit on our backs. pictures of each other crawling on the ground in agony with the, the vomit mm-hmm. on our backs. So yeah. that was pretty exciting. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm sure I'm going to get everything wrong. Hey, first of all, they they use a dash as well, but not the double dash. They actually oh, use an M dash, which okay. is more correct. Anyway, they hadn't invented M dashes in 1967. Really? No, I just made I that think up. you're full of shit. <laughs> okay. Oh, good, and it's multiple choice. Oh, good. Sam Kirk's first Cake. name is. <laughs> good. Bill, Jim, George, Gregory. George. But that's not from this episode, so I don't know why that's a question here. Oh, I don't know. Sam's wife is named 
Aureal, Anne, Aurelan, Alicia. Aurelan. Right. Jim Kirk's nephew is named Paul, <laughs> Peter, Mary. No, <laughs> I threw that one in. <laughs> Jim, Charles. They don't have Pop? No, that's not one of the choices. Well, they never said it in the episode, so none of those answers are right. Okay, but we'll say Peter. Okay, here's where we get ridiculous. <laughs> Sam Kirk's private transmitter code is... Oh, give me a break. TDK538, GSK783, KGB564, HYG674. I thought it was THX1138. No, I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea. WD40. I don't know. It is B. GSK-783. The first system to fall to the creatures was Ingraham B, Beta Portalan, Lavinius 5, Alpha Cygni. It wasn't the first one because Ingraham was the planet right before Deneva. That much I remember. You're amazing. Okay. Maybe it's the the last one? Do you want me to read them again? Just tell me what the last one was. Alpha Cygni? Alpha Cygni. Somehow that's... No, okay. Beta Portalan. Okay. 500 years ago, the creature struck Lavinius 5, oh. Beta Portalan, Ingraham B, Theta Cygni 12. I don't know. See, that's the right answer. I don't know. Uh, Lavinius 5. Okay. The creatures invade the human brain, mm-hmm. respiratory system, circulatory system, central nervous system. Central nervous system, yes. definitely. McCoy's K3 indicator registers a patient's temperature, pain level, pulse rate, REM patterns. Pain level. Right. The creatures can be destroyed by heat, phaser fire, radiation, ultraviolet light. Ultraviolet light. Yes. McCoy exposes the creature to barium radiation, Berthold radiation, cobalt radiation, or gamma radiation. I think it was gamma radiation. Barium. Oh, okay. Okay, fill-ins. Oh, these are essay questions. (laughs) Yeah, but we can have fun. The way I answer them. The Denovan who flies into the sun cries out that he is free. I'm free. God. (laughs) Deneva was colonized blank years ago. Two. (laughs) I would have said many. One hundred. Oh, okay. The creatures inflict extreme uh fashion? (laughs) Pain. The creatures are forcing the Denovans to build <laughs> bars. <laughs> Tiny little huts. <laughs> oh, this is good. The creature I want to know what they think this is. The creatures make a blank sound. <laughs> a blank sound. We heard them barking they, and they sort of were. going, Ew, and they were they were making and they were making barnyard sounds. <laughs> Right. No, they think that was buzzing. That wasn't buzzing. Each creature resembles a single... (laughs) Fake vomit. Right. (laughs) Brain cell. (laughs) Spock is held at phaser point by... Uh, Well, I know the answer. I'm trying to think of something funny to say. One of the creatures. (laughs) Scotchy. I want to see one with a little phaser in its hand. Well, doesn't it really have an, in its tentacle? <laughs> Actually, he's held at phaser point by a cell phone. <laughs> That's true. One of the creatures is captured by 
a pair of plastic tongs. <laughs> and then he puts them in his fishing tackle box. By ringing the doorbell and running away. Spock. A big net. <laughs> yeah. Butterfly net. No, no. He should have had the cardboard box on a stick. And then he could have put, you know, like when, <laughs> when you pull the stick away and it falls off. <laughs> and they could have put a little piece of cheese in there. <laughs> like that. The treatment that cures Spock (laughs) temporarily destroys his... Sense of humor. Right. (laughs) The alternative to killing the creatures is the destruction of... Uh, I I know what it is. The whole planet. (laughs) Yes. Okay. True-false. Oh, boy. I love true-false. The creatures have been spreading through the galaxy for hundreds of years. Yes. The creatures have been traveling in a straight line. Yes. A creature attaches itself to Kirk. Uh, no, not that we saw, anyway. <laughs> but who wouldn't attach <laughs> themselves to Kirk, given half a chance? That is true. If, they had any, if there were any female creatures, that would have been it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if there were female creatures, they wouldn't have caused pain. Mm, that's, well, they would have been. And ne- you know what they could have used for bait on that box with the stick? <laughs> Some sweeties. Okay. Um, Cake. (laughs) Sorry. The creatures are phaser resistant. (laughs) They're like watches. Yeah. They're water resistant to 500 meters. Kirk discovers the creature's weakness. Um, Yes, it's for sweeties. Yes. The creatures invaded Deneva from Beta Portalon. No. It's from Ingram 3 or whatever it was. Ingram B. They put an extra A in there this time. Spock is able to control his pain. Yes, we know that. McCoy blames Kirk for Spock's injury. Oh, no. He blames himself. He's got a big bag of guilt that he carries around with himself. (laughs) That's what was in that little red carrying case (laughs) before Spock took it. (laughs) The population of Deneva is over 2 million. No, I think he said a million. Right. Kirk's sister-in-law survives. No. She dies right there. It was great the way she died. <laughs> she dies right she, there. She was screaming, ah, and then she died, and all, the, all the, the meters went down, and you said there should have been a slide whistle for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. I want to give you another quiz. Oh, good. The James T. Kirk quiz. Ooh, how long is it? I don't know. Oh, that's a rather personal question, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. Cake. <laughs> Kirk's serial number is... Oh, my God. Okay, we'll skip that I'm one. I'm not a fanboy. I don't know that answer. Kirk was born in Georgia, oh. Iowa, Washington, Boston. He was born in the back room. Oh, no, he's conceived <laughs> in the back room. <laughs> the Murphy's Born in the alley. Yeah. Kirk is interested in Vulcan history, archaeology, American history, Russian history. Um, I think... Chekhov is the only one who's interested in Russian history, so I would say American history. Right, and even Chekhov's faking it. <laughs> Kirk graduated in the top what percent of his class? Five, two, ten, four. Um, I would say five. Let's see. Oh, crap. <laughs> well, we're going to pretend you're right because I can't find that. Oh, shouldn't it be like in the front? Well. Oh, answers. There we go. Okay, so what number was that? 
four, and what did you say? I said five percent. You're right. Ooh. Kirk's first deep space assignment was aboard the Yorktown, Exeter, Republic, Farragut. Farragut. <laughs> okay, <laughs> wait, I want to read them to you again. Okay. And then tell you what the answer is. Okay. Kirk's first <laughs> deep space assignment was aboard the A, Yorktown, <laughs> B, Republic, C, Exeter, and D, Farragut. Okay, D. What's the answer? K. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> so you just make it up <laughs> when it's K. <laughs> he was, that was the love boat. That was his, his first one. Oh, my God. K. Ben. <laughs> Ben Finney. Do you think they fixed that in subsequent? Is that the first printing of that book? Oh, how many do you think there were? <laughs> I don't know. Ben Finney was Kirk's shipmate aboard the Lexington, Farragut, Republic, Yorktown. It was the Republic, wasn't it? K. No. <laughs> Lexington. <laughs> oh, Lexington. Okay. At Starfleet Academy, Kirk had a relationship with Janice, a real, Ruth, Edith. What about uh, E? Everyone. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Every woman. Kirk's nephew is named Peter George Sam Jim. Okay. Pop. I never heard of this. <laughs> Kirk was decorated with the Grand Grand Kite yeah. Grand Kite Order. Yeah. Really? Of valor, leadership, bravery, tactics. I think it's um, leadership. No, valor. It's valor. Oh, my God. I thought the answer was L. D. Uh, D is tactic. Oh, really? Okay. Grand Kite? Uh, Grand Kite. I, I know. I always, I saw that, and I thought that that was a really lame attempt to come up with an alien-sounding word. Yeah. It's terrible. Kirk once contracted xenopolycythemia, choriomeningitis, Rigelian fever, or cassava fever. The cassava fever. That's where you have to eat melons all the time. <laughs> no, you get it from eating melons. And according to them... It's Rigelian fever. Yes, it's Rigelian fever. Yes. I don't care what they say. <laughs> Kirk was given the ribbon of commendation from Axanar, Gavilan, Pentaries, Orion. I think it's Axanar. Pentaries. Really? Yep. Oh, God. I've been skipping around now. Okay. Kirk was given a case of the bends in. <laughs> Here, Captain. The Empath, the Omega Glory, the Gamesters of Triskelion, the Devil in the Dark. What? So, wait, that was another um, honor? Yes. <laughs> they gave him the palm leaf, they gave him the yep. tactics thing, and they gave him a case of the bends at the same time. Yes. God. Now, which episode? I'm sorry. I totally missed what you were saying because I was um, thinking about... Now, I was thinking it was um, Space Seed because the idiot let him out of the pressure chamber too soon and he would have <laughs> died, but they're saying the empath. Really? Yep. Okay. At Starfleet Academy, Kirk's personal devil, you are issued one of those, you know, <laughs> was Ron Tracy, Ben Finney, Finnegan, Garovic. Um... They don't have Suzanne Brandt in there? <laughs> that nope. would be my answer. Oh, and then they have a matching um, women to the episode. Do you want me to oh, do that? Oh, no, no, that's okay. okay. Do you want to do the William Shatner quiz? <gasps> the 
There's a William Shatner quiz? Yeah. Or do you want to give the William Shatner quiz to me? Oh, I'll give it to you. Okay, here it is. Mm -hmm. And the answers are somewhere over there. Okay. William Shatner. Shatner! Okay. William Shatner was born in England, Canada, France, or Italy. Canada. Okay. <laughs> William Shatner graduated from, oh, this is easy, NYU, Ontario University, McGill University, or Wittenberg University. McGill. Shatner graduated from college in 1950, 52, 51, or 53? I'm going to say 50. Let's see. What number is this? 3C. 52. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, some of these are really easy, so. Oh, Bill made his Broadway debut in Guys and Dolls, How to Six... <laughs> Yeah, he played Nathan Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. The second one is called How to Succeed. I think they mean How to, to Succeed in, in Business, business yeah. Without Really Trying. Uh, see, Tamburlaine the Great, which is misspelled, and Fiddler, or Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, it's Tamburlaine the Great. Mm -hmm. And so I was wrong earlier when I said Coriolanus, because that's what I meant. Uh, it's, yeah, it's misspelled. It's Tamburlaine. Um, let's see. After Star Trek, Shatner starred in the short-lived television series A, For the People, B, Barbary Coast, C, Time and Again, or D, T.J. Hooker. Barbary Coast. Shatner currently stars in the hit television series A, Fast For the People, B, Barbary Coast, C, T.J. Hooker, or D, J.T. Esteban. <laughs> it is J.T. Esteban, of course. He gets to use his eyes. Oh, that's great. William Shatner plays two roles in the motion picture entitled... <gasps> White Comanche. Comanche Blanco. Lord of the Flies. House Calls or Dirty Words. Ooh, all of the above. Dos William Shatners. <laughs> Comanche Blanco. William Shatner delighted audiences in the comedy hit A, Revenge of the Nerds, B, Airplane 2, C, Mr. Mom, or D, Animal House. Imagine him in Animal House. Um, It is... um uh uh. The one, the airplane too. <laughs> it was that one. Yeah. It was that one. Yeah. That's it. There's, there's no one I, I where the answer's K. No. <laughs> Darn. K. That's hilarious. The answer's K. <laughs> Just to make sure you were paying attention. That's right. So this is a fun, craptastic book, and here it's got something we can't really do because nice we're a podcast. But here's the thing. It's um, there's like a picture. Okay, name this creature's planet. Oh, um. Uh, they're Tellarites. See? So, I don't know. What is the name of their planet? Okay, look at... Okay, well, I'm going to show you the one. They're from Teller. That's what that they never are talk. just... That is just ridiculous. Okay, look at this picture. Here, the picture of Kirk and Spock. Yeah. Name the episode. Um, that one looks like it's from uh, Shoreleaf. You're probably right. Looks like when they're running from the, the tiger. Okay. What is Nurse Chapel preparing? A milkshake? A douche? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of these are just, just, just ridiculous. Okay. Here's a picture of the chess game. Uh-huh. Kirk's next move should have been... Oh, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, no, this one I love. Okay. Here's the picture. And I want you to look closely because it's a really tough question. Give McCoy's location. <laughs> Given that he's standing in front of a panel that says hangar deck, <laughs> I'm guessing that he's in the hangar deck. That's what I was guessing, too. <laughs> God. 
Once again, they're asking us Kirk's serial number. There's a picture where they look like they're coming out of the men's room. Look at all that tile behind them. Hmm. So uh, this is fun and pointless. and uh, That was fun, though. Yeah. I thought that was great. Well, we should probably wrap this up. Okay. But that was good to watch that episode. I'm glad yes, we got yes. to talk about and it. Yes, yes. And we like that episode a lot. Yeah. So um, if you have uh, fun suggestions about various things we talked about in this episode, or if you have better answers to the quiz than we could make up. Or... If there's an episode you want us to watch yeah, and comment on. let us know because we would love to know it. And we'd like you to render your opinions. Was it three into one or one into three? Or, or your explanation. Or what were the names of this? Was it Snap, Crackle, and Pop? I mean, it could have been, you know, uh, Mary. John, Paul, George. <laughs> could have been John, Paul, George. I was going to say it could have been Mary, Pippin, and Frodo. or um, It could have been uh, Porthos, Athos, <laughs> and... I forget what the other Aramis, one. Aramis, the one who had his own line of cologne. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. Thank I you. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> that's his name. I know. It's really funny. <laughs> that is really good. Well, we'll just have to to think of some uh, some other ones that it could be. I really like Snap, Crackle, and Pop. I know I've said it like five times already, but I think that's pretty good. I uh, I like that too. Yeah. So maybe that was it. <laughs> And the other two drowned in the milk. <laughs> they got eaten. They got eaten. That was what it happened. That's the one who escaped. Oh, that was great. All right. Well, we will be back again next time with more news. There's still so much stuff that we need to talk about that we haven't gotten to yet. But um, And there's always more coming, there's coming always down the more, pipe. There's always more because Bill's everywhere. Yep. All right. We'll say good night. Good night. <laughs>